everybody. It's Monday, February 15th. Happy day after Valentine's Day. We're here with another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia Nonprofit Conversations brought to you by Rogue Tulips Nonprofit Consulting and Association Management Services. I'm Cecilia Sepp. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips, and I'm one of your co-hosts. And this week, we're really excited. We're doing an unusual topic for us, which is the issue of international adoption and how can we simplify it? I'm here with my co-host, Agnes. I'm going to throw it over to Agnes so she can say hello and introduce herself. Thank you, Cecilia. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience. My name is Agnes Amos Coleman. I'm an author and a consultant. Over to you, Cecilia. Great. Thank you, Agnes. And we are here with our guest, Genevieve Jacoby, who's the executive director of a Family in Bloom Adoption Agency. And this topic is near and dear to our heart here at Road Tulips because Agnes has been in the midst of an international adoption, uh, she and her family, for over two years. And uh, she is getting close to the end of her adoption journey and Genevieve has been helping her. So welcome Genevieve, would you like to say hello? Thank you, hello, I'm really honored to be a part of your program. Thank you for inviting me. Oh great, well thank you for joining us because this issue is near and dear to our heart uh, because of Agnes's personal experience with international adoption and seeing the need in many areas for this to be simplified. And also it's just brought awareness to us of the needs of everyone in the area of international adoption. Agnes has met many other families in her situation trying to close the process so that their family can be united. So. Um, Agnes, I'm going to ask you to start what you had talked about compassion in this process. So what what are some other things related to compassionate approaches that perhaps we could consider? For me, having gone through this experience and as well having the privilege of talking to other families, it's it's not just, of course, compassion is the key. It's the umbrella word for us as adoptive families. But we're looking at compassion from the agencies that we're dealing with and compassion in how they listen to our issues. Uh, the issue of an adoption is very personal. We're all very personal people. Uh, and, and having somebody that can just listen to us and help us to navigate the process, I think it's very, very key. We don't want to have to feel as American citizens that we're being, our countries advocating against us instead of for us. And in this journey, we're beginning to sense that as families. I'm very thankful that I'm beginning to see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel on this journey, but there's a lot of other families. In fact, I just spoke to one of them this morning who are still going through this process and they want to come home, they're Americans and we need to listen to them. So we need to talk, we need to have a discussion with government agencies, all the stakeholders involved on how to help us simplify this process. And Genevieve provides a very good insight for this because this is what she does and she's very well connected more than I would ever be, Cecilia. So, oh, well, thanks Agnes. And so Genevieve, that's a great lead into input from you on this process. Uh, you work with many families, including Agnes's. Uh, so, you know, what's your take on this situation? International adoption is very complicated. Where are some areas where you think it could be simplified? You know, I'm also an, an adoptive parent of two children adopted internationally about 20 years ago. My oldest children came first and I have a bio son who's 13. So I've seen over time 
the developments in international adoption. It has become so complicated. When you say simplify the process, it does not need to be this complicated. What the families like Agnes don't see, and why would we be spending a lot of time focusing on that? We want to be compassionate and joyful for them, is the amount of paperwork and regulations that we need to go through. No one is doubting that families need to be well assessed and that there are many important steps in the process. But just in the last two years in our own state, the home study list has doubled from 20 items to 40. We do about 10 different clearances on families, including uh, items that only I as the director can access. It has gone way over the top and it's not needed. You know, at the end of the day, you make professional judgments as professionals about a family and you believe in them and you support them on this journey. But we are, it has just take, taken so much longer. When I, and I, I just will give you one example. When I adopted my children, from the time we were matched, which wasn't very long, a few months, it took a month to get the message to go over and bring our child home. Now families wait years to be matched with children mm -hmm. and then it can take them years to bring them home. Of course, who pays the biggest price? It's the children and then the families. Right, and so, well, what's the motivation behind this increase in complications? And, and I say increase in complications because there's a difference between complex and complicated. Complex mm -hmm. is many parts. Complicated is harder than it needs to be. So mm -hmm. Genevieve, what is your insight into that? What's motivating this complication in the process? To me, it feels like government gone amok, out of control. Okay. I don't understand why they're doing it. And I'm not accusing people of having a cohesive plan to destroy international adoption, but it has been signaled to them by adoptive families, by adoptive agencies, by congressional representation politicians, that there is a problem. I do see some signs of change now, but it has been so slow in coming and it's not happening fast enough. Well, and I think, <laughs> The, as Agnes and I were joking the other day, Dr. McCoy in Star Trek once said the bureaucratic mindset is a universal constant. And, and yes. I think the problem with bureaucracies is they feel the need to grow to, you know, justify their existence. And I think we all know that processes are supposed to serve us, not the other way around. And these are people, somebody might be looking at a case file, but that is not what you're looking at, you're looking at a potential family. And there are so many children all over the world who need parents. And international adoption is not just Americans adopting children from other countries. People from other countries adopt children from other countries. It's not just us adopting children. It's uh, the pandemic I know has affected the system to a certain degree. Uh, it's one of the reasons Agnes could not get home when she planned to because travel was stopped. Uh, but there has to be a way for us to bring the humanity back into this process. Absolutely, Cecilia. One of the things that I was thinking about as you would, 
you know, dialoguing with this process is, you know, right now the international adoption oversight sits with the State Department. Correct me if I'm wrong, Genevieve. This is my understanding in dealing with this process myself. And I'm beginning to wonder whether the State Department is not the right place for international adoption to sit. Because the State Department is huge. They have all different business areas. And international adoption is getting lost in there. So I'm wondering whether uh, the government itself, as they listen to our, our show, uh, it, this is an opportunity to reflect on their structure and begin to look at a better structure for where international adoption sits and to begin to look at a much more compassionate element like the human services. Uh, I'm just suggesting that, throwing that out. I'm not sure whether that's applicable, but this is something they need to do and, and rethink. How, how it's done, uh, and then begin to look at, at least start from that point on, and then begin to look at how they can they can simplify it. Yeah, so Genevieve, so Genevieve <laughs> that's a great suggestion Agnes has about moving international adoption to uh, health and human services, because what's more human than putting a family together? Wh what do you think about that, possibly suggesting this to the State Department? I think if the folks at the State Department aren't interested and able to do the job, that definitely should be considered. I think the bigger problem has been government bureaucracy. I see other countries and I'm listening. What people need to remember, and I don't want to be too partisan here, but we as taxpayers fund government to do certain services. And if they are not able to deliver, then there is a problem. I, I don't know why this particular group of individuals has not been more excited about adoption, but they shouldn't have as much work. There used to be 25,000 adoptions a year in coming to the US, and now we're down to 2,500 prior to COVID. Wow, that is a staggering reduction in mm -hmm. the number of adoptions. Uh, I don't, and I think simplifying it, it should be really the agenda item. I, I know, I know Agnes feels that way because she's going through it personally, but seeing it from the cheap seats, as we like to say mm -hmm. in the United States. Uh, yeah, I see a lot of complexity where it, I shouldn't say complexity, complication where it doesn't need to be. Um, so reducing the amount of bureaucracy, how many, because let's just say quick, we have about five minutes left in our episode. So, you know, Genevieve, how many agencies does a family have to deal with for one international adoption? So in this case, for example, she has a home study agency. She has to deal with the state in which she lives for multiple kinds of assessments, clearances, and such. She needs to have a primary provider like our agency that is supervising the adoption. Our agency needs to network with multiple uh, organizations at the state and federal level and abroad. Uh, we also are accredited. Uh, she's not seeing that directly, but that uses a lot of our agency's time to, to maintain the regulations to do this work. I don't know, I, I, I would probably lose count. I, we try to take that responsibility off the plate of the families, 
but there are many different parties involved and they don't all work together, including US immigration, the US consulate or embassy abroad, the US State Department in DC. There are a lot of people involved in international adoption, but they, when, there's, when there's the will, there's a way and there are countries and embassies where it, it flows very, very smoothly and others where it does not at all. For example, I will just tell you this morning, I reached out to a foreign government that has encouraged us or allowed us to send some family applications there. And when I drafted a case with them, they told me that there would be a 10 year waiting list for them to match children. My impression then is that they do not want to work and they do not want international adoption in their country. 10 years, five to 10 years minimum. Well, yeah, I think that's sending a very strong message. You know, the need hasn't disappeared. Yeah. As we're closing out this week's episode on simplifying international adoption, I'd like to ask Genevieve, what is your advice for people like myself who might want to help promote simplification of the international adoption process? What's something people can do? I think speaking up to international adoption could make a big difference for individuals like Agnes and families and children around the world. So basically speak up, tell other people, talk to your Congress people, send letters to the White House, send letters to the State Department, or if you're like me and have too much access to social media, you can send out notes and videos about your friend's situation uh, and the people around the world who are trying to put families together because that's really what this comes down to, any adoption, whether it's domestic or international, as we're trying to create families. We're trying to connect mm -hmm. people who want to help children grow into wonderful adults and children who want parents to guide them. So let's keep that in mind, folks, as we're looking forward at adoption of all kinds. So uh, we have to go rogue for now. Uh, we really want to thank our guest, Genevieve Jacoby of A Family in Blue Adoption Agency for joining us today and sharing her viewpoint of the process. And we also want to thank her for helping Agnes put her family together. Uh, thank you, so, Thank you, Genevieve. And uh, thank you, Agnes. Thank you for sharing you. your personal story. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go rogue for now. We'll be back next time with another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia. In the meantime, learn more about our consulting company, Rogue Tulips, at roguetulips.com. We also support the 501C League, which is a virtual membership organization for everyone in the nonprofit community and the people who love them. Uh, the 501C League is a leader in CAE development to help protect the integrity of our profession. You can check out the league at the 501cleague.net. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.